Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we are going to discuss a film that we think is underrated, underappreciated, or we just wanted to talk about it. I'm Josh Hallam and I'm joined as ever by my co-host, Alice Oliver. Alice, how are you? Very well, as always. Thank you, Josh. How about you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. So this week, uh, Alice picked the number 23 from 2007. Uh, so spoiler warnings if you've not seen it. Uh, so let's get into it. Right, Alice, <laughs> the number 23. Why so... do you always laugh when you introduce my films? I'm going to start just, getting a complex. I'm just giddy to talk about it. Because <laughs> we love Jim Carrey. Go we, on. Love, we love Jim. Um, <laughs> so, um, Alice, what the number 23, uh, what's it about and uh, why did you pick it? So, Josh, the number 23 is a Joel Schumacher film about a man called Walter Sparrow, played by Jim Carrey. Uh, he's an animal control officer. He's a bit unsatisfied with life, a bit bored, and is kind of just waiting for something to happen, really. Um, his wife, Agatha, comes across a book called The Number 23 by Topsy Kretz uh, and gives it to Walter to read. He feels an incredibly strong connection to the main character, a man who calls himself Fingerling. Uh, though... Through various circumstances uh, that he writes about in the book, Fingerling becomes obsessed with the number 23. He starts seeing it everywhere and comes to the conclusion that all incidents, events, people, words, and basically everything in the world is directly connected to the number 23. So then Walter becomes obsessed with the number as well. We then follow his journey of obsession that completely consumes him and starts ruining his life, basically. Uh, we come to learn through various events that Walter is actually, in fact, Fingerling. That's why he had such a strong connection to him, you know, or, or top secrets. Uh, and he wrote the book after his obsession led him to murder his then girlfriend or ex-girlfriend. Um, the book basically started out as a suicide note, but then became something much, much more. And after writing it, Walter jumped out of a window in a hotel in an attempt to kill himself, but survived, but with such serious brain injuries that he had no memory of what he'd done. So that's the general idea of the story. And the reason I picked this one was because I knew that it didn't do very well. I knew that it was not very well received by critics and, mm. shall we say, by the film industry. But when it came out, 
this was one of those that I just got obsessed with. Like I must have watched it about 20 or 30 times kind of within that first year that I'd seen it. Um, it reminded me a little bit of kind of the butterfly effect. Like it had that sort of that same energy, you know, like when you're a teenager and it's just, oh, it's something a bit different and it's a bit dark and it's a bit angsty. sexy. It's angsty. Ang- it's ang- yes. angsty, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. So I just kind of connected to it really and I really liked it. I really liked seeing Jim Carrey in this way. I hadn't seen too much of him like that. Obviously, we get him in the Truman Show where he's playing a slightly a more serious character. But other than that, it's Ace Ventura. It's the mask. You know, it's these big, comical, like farcical characters that he's playing. Um, Speaking of the butterfly effect as well, I'm pretty sure that the guy who plays young Evan is uh, Jim Carrey or Walter Sparrow's son in the number 23 as well. So a little bit of a connection there. I guess he was quite busy at the time. Um, (laughs) What about you? Had you seen this one? Is this one that you were familiar with? So um, so I, I hadn't seen it. I, oh, I knew, fun. I, yeah. I, I I knew about it. I knew the concept. Okay. Um, when quite often around that time, Jim Carrey was often linked to a lot of sort of big screen like comic booky roles. Okay, so he would yeah. often. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever seen these, but there's some always really badly made fan trailers on YouTube. Right. Yeah. I've seen and, a few and, of those. And, yeah, and they would always use clips from this film. Oh, to make him look villainous because obviously because of the way he is in, in the film. Obviously, I was quite keen to watch it, really. I was quite intrigued because, and, and, like, as I say, I knew the concept and we hadn't done a Jim Carrey film yet. Mm. So when, when you picked this, you were quite sort of like you were laughing. Mm. So, so, so why were you laughing? Was it because um, you thought I'd hate it? I guess I thought you'd hate it. I'm surprised to learn that you hadn't seen it. I definitely thought you'd seen it. And I definitely thought you kind of knew, oh, here we go. Here's another one. Um, and like sort of many of the films that I have picked, it does have quite a legacy of being bad, basically. And yeah. a lot of people had a lot of really negative things to say about it. But for me, it had it did have quite an impact when I watched it. Obviously, I can see the flaws in it. Like, I'm not blind to it. And we'll come on to those things later. But as far as I'm concerned... There is a lot of really good stuff about this film. So, uh, well, let's get into it then. So, what did you like about it? Well, having rewatched it again, how long had it been since you watched it, roughly? Oh, good question. Probably about like what are we talking two thousand and seven. Like, I think I watched it like loads in those first couple of years that it came out, and then probably haven't watched it again since. Like ten years, yeah, maybe? maybe a bit more than that. Yeah. yeah. So, having rewatched it again, you know, ten years older, ten years wiser. Wiser, don't know about that. Well, ten, ten years. Let's like, ten years older. <laughs> What, what what did you like about it? So I think it's actually quite a good depiction of this kind of obsessive, this isolated and this lonely guy. Like Walter is clearly looking for something. He's looking for something in his life. It's like he doesn't really know what it is. One of his first lines of dialogue outside of the voiceover is, oh, sorry, I'm just really bored. So he's an animal control officer. And the first scene where we see him within the film is a woman's walking up to him with a dog. And he sort of growls and barks at the dog and she looks at him, you know, like he's a bit, you know, a bit odd for doing that. And he's like, sorry, I was just bored. And I feel like that really says a lot about him and about his character and kind of setting him up to be like, oh, when you are bored, when you're kind of not really sure where your life's going, maybe you do look, you're looking for something deeper, right? You're looking for like the hidden meaning in life. It's like, what is all this about? What is the secret? And so I think that just sets him up really well as someone who would be not duped, I suppose, but you can realistically believe that he would become completely obsessed with something that doesn't really make any sense. And in the real world, 
you know, doesn't really have any any true consequences. So I really like the way it looks. I thought aesthetically it was really interesting. Obviously, you've got the the more kind of real life stuff that is just Walter's life with his family. But when we're thinking flashbacks or when he's thinking about passages in the book, it takes on a very kind of noir style. And interesting that you said there that um, people on YouTube use clips from this for comic book uh, kind of fake comic book trailers because it is a little bit like that as well. It's kind of got yeah, a bit of a comic yeah. book-esque feel, especially when we're looking at these flashbacks. Keep calling them flashbacks. They're not really flashbacks. They're like reimaginings, aren't they? Because even though we find out that these things did happen to Walter, he doesn't know that they've happened to him yet. So it's more mm. of an imagining. He's kind of reimagining his past if as if he doesn't remember it. Mm. So aesthetically, it's really interesting. You've got a lot of very dramatic kind of color schemes going on, very black, red, and white. Obviously, we learn uh, through, I think, there's a the suicide blonde who is someone that Fingerling, because so Fingerling in the book is like this detective. He gets called to a job and he meets this suicide blonde, this woman who's threatening to kill herself, basically because the number 23 has taken over her life completely. And we learn that red and white both correlate to 23 for some reason, like the, the way that the colors are made or something. So, so you, then you get a lot of that. And I feel like you get a lot of this throughout. There's obviously a lot of style choices, a lot of aesthetic choices, a lot of prop choices to reinforce this idea that the number 23 is everywhere and everywhere you look in the film there it is so I really appreciate the amount of work that's gone into that so I do like Jim Carrey's performance I think he does a really good job and I did see that a lot of the critics disagree basically um, but I think he did a good job and I think you're still getting a lot of Jim Carrey in it because Walter Sparrow is just kind of like this sort of sarky dad who does a lot of bad dad jokes and stuff and you see a lot of Jim Carrey's kind of not normal energy, but I suppose what you're used to Jim Carrey being in his bigger films. Yeah. And you do get that. So it still grounds you. It's like, this isn't Jim Carrey trying to do something that's completely beyond his capabilities. And he mixes the two really well of being this kind of like serious, obsessive, this isolated man with this kind of goofy dad. Um, so I really liked his performance. I thought most of the performances really were fine. Uh, you've got his immediate family. I thought they were all great and sort of a few side characters. And really, for the most part, I just like the way the film's put together. You've got this mix of storytelling, a first-person storytelling, where you've got Walter's uh, voiceover. So you're getting some of the narrative from there. He's kind of leading you along with that. You've then got, you know, the real world, which is his real life, and then this kind of flashback uh made-up world that he's getting within the book. So you're getting sort of three different layers to it, and I thought they all came together quite nicely. I thought just the, the whole aesthetic, like I said, the design of it, and the way the story is told, I really enjoyed, and I loved the way it progressed, and it all felt like it felt dramatic where it needed to be dramatic. It was a little bit violent where it needed to be violent. And the way overall the story was told and progressed, I was really satisfied with until a certain point, but we'll come on to that in a little bit. So Josh, what were some of the things that you liked about this film, if anything? <laughs> so, I've, got, um, I've, got my, I've got fingers <laughs> crossed that you'll have had a few things. So yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I liked um, was was similar to what, to what you've just said. I thought it had a really mm. interesting mix of sort of genres. Um, there's almost like a dark fairy tale element. So when he reads mm. the book, he imagines the book, doesn't he, with himself and all his family and friends fulfilling the characters in the, in the books, playing the characters in the books. So I really enjoyed that that sort of element of it, the fact that it moves from a sort of the real world to a dark fairy tale to a pulpy 
film noir detective novel like you like you've already said uh really enjoyed the device of him putting himself and, his, and the people from his life into the book um i thought there was some good moments of suspense towards the end some good ominous uh ominous moments keeps you guessing um so again, similar to what you said, a really interesting use of colour throughout the film. A lot of playing around with light and dark and sort of murky grey and dark colours with really vivid reds and and, and, and stuff in there. Um, I did think that the cast were pretty good overall. I think Jim Carrey is good. I think he brings that, bit similar to One Hour Photo, he brings that comedic charisma and everyman quality to the role so that it's that little bit more impactful when you see him in the darker side of the film, darker parts of the film. I thought Virginia Madsen, who plays his wife, was excellent. Um, a lot of them have to do dual roles as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, they do. So I think they all did really, they all did quite a good job of um, differentiating between, and it helps that, that a lot of the costumes are quite quite good at differentiating it as well. But I, I like that, yeah, they all have a, they all do a good job of differentiating between the fictional version of the character they're playing and the, and themselves. Logan Lerman plays his son. I thought he was good in it as well because he has he is one of the ones who sort of doesn't have to play a character in the book, but does play mm -hmm. a sort of young teenage boy being drawn into his dad's obsession. I thought that was quite good. Yeah, and he does kind of. There's some of it where you know his dad's like, oh, but what about you know this book and this thing and this thing? It all adds up to twenty three, yeah. and then the kid's like, oh my god. Yeah, it does. And he thinks that it's like really cool and he's just kind of along for the ride for it. And he he seems pretty young in it as well. So I thought he did yeah. a really good job considering. Yeah, so so I thought all of that was good. Um I think I think you've already alluded to this, but the research that must have gone into the actual theory behind the number 23 sort of conspiracy theory, because it is, I think, a real conspiracy theory. Okay. Um, yeah. So so obviously, even like the opening titles, it starts with loads of facts about the number 23 and and as i'm sure obviously there's some element of just being able to look it up or whatever but i do think they do a really good job of weaving this almost trying to create this slightly credible sort of quite viable myth this legend around the number 23 throughout the plot i thought that was i thought that was quite mm -hmm. interesting i mean we'll come on to some of the more far, not, not far-fetched sides but we'll come on to some element of the scripts <laughs> in a bit but but yeah i think i think there is there is stuff to like in it i think there's certainly um there's certainly some good ideas mm -hmm. um the execution think... the execution i think we can come on to but sorry <laughs> what, what were you gonna say then sorry I, I think as well it does it does do quite a good job of drawing you into that obsession and it's kind of like it 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 lets the audience know how easily you can become obsessed with something and if you're looking for the thing to get obsessed with it's like if you're looking for signs you know if you're looking for signs from the universe or or whatever if you want to believe it it's that thing of wanting to believe it and then you do believe it so I watched this film on the thirty first of August right. And 31 minus 8 is, Josh? Is it 23? Yeah, exactly. Right. You see? And it's just... Because obviously when I see this for the first time, I was like, you know, every time I looked at the clock afterwards, it was 23 minutes past <laughs> 11 or whatever. But obviously, ultimately, it doesn't really... Like, I don't really know what it means. And I think, for me, a lot of the point is that it isn't meant to mean anything. Mm. And I think a lot of the criticism was like, oh, but, you know, what does it all add up to? Like, what is the mystery behind the number 23? Like, what does it all mean? And for me, it's like, well, it doesn't really mean anything. And that's the point. It's just about how people, how very normal people can just become completely obsessed with an idea, especially if they haven't got really anything else 
kind of to focus on and to tie them down. Walter's not unhappy in his life. Like he seems to love his wife and he loves his kid, but he knows that there's something missing or he feels like there's something missing. And then obviously at the end of the film, you kind of realize, oh, it's because he was a whole other person before and he had Mm. this whole other life. And, you know, he loved someone and then he murdered her and he had this horrendous trauma. He went to kill himself and that was unsuccessful. And now he's living a different life. So it kind of makes sense. He's looking for that final piece of himself. And I just enjoyed enjoyed the ride, really. And I I did quite like him as a character. So do you think that the film is more... Would you? Did you take from it more that it's a comment on boredom and and and, and sort of, like you say, filling filling what it feels like an empty life with something like this and becoming obsessed with something in order to just to just fill your life with meaning, sort of thing? Is that what is that sort of what you took from it? I think so, and I think because when I watched it when I was younger, right, it was more kind of more supernatural, I suppose. Mm. Like I was taking a more supernatural look at it and it's like, oh, but what does this mean? And what if everything is connected? And what if everything is about the number 23? And it's like, well, it's... But now I'm like, I don't really feel like it is about that. It is just more about human obsession. Like you alluded to then, like one-hour photo, like feeling kind of isolated within yourself to the point where then you obsess about things that are external to you and that are nothing to do with you. Like he's not obsessing over his looks or his marriage or his career or, you know, his housing situation. He's obsessing over something that is completely separate from him. Mm. And again, similar to one hour photo, you know, there's this big comedic actor taking on a very different role. I just thought it was pretty good. Okay, well, let's move on to talking about things that we perhaps didn't like about the film or that we would change. Um... Is there anything huge for you, Alice, or are you sort of a big advocate for the film and you're very much in its corner? Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, can't I be both? Um, <laughs> there was, so there was a moment that kind of lost me, basically, and yeah. it was kind of very jarring, and I sort of fell out of the film a little bit. So they're on a mission. I think they're trying to find out. So Walter, Agatha, and their son, they're trying to find out, I think, who wrote the book. And they sort of follow a couple of leads. And basically, it leads them to what I think is kind of like a packaging depot or, or like a delivery place. And there's a man in there who they think is top secrets. They think he's the author of the book. So they just walk him, see him, and top secrets goes, you're meant to be dead. And he sort of runs to the back of the store and then slits his throat with a screwdriver. And I was like, hang on, hang on a minute, come on. Like, unless unless you think you're looking at the devil or, you know, unless you've, like, seen, like, a poltergeist or something, I don't know, it just totally threw me out of the film. I was like, that's a real big reaction considering we don't have enough information to justify why that would happen. Mm. And I just don't think it would happen. And obviously, I don't know what's going on in that guy's head. Um but it the it was just such a huge moment and and it just felt so out of place for a guy to just slit his own throat with a screwdriver it just didn't feel it 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 didn't feel kind of natural within the world of the film that they'd already built and and given what we knew so far do you know what i mean mm. um so that just kind of threw me out of it and then from there i did feel a little bit disengaged mm. so up until that point i was really enjoying it and i you know i was like oh you know this is actually quite good i can totally see the value in it and then at that point i was like oh it just kind of threw me out a little bit i did sort of come in and out of it again and then when you when you get to the moment where we're seeing Walter in the past in the hotel room and then again in the future in the hotel room and you know he's scrawled the final page of the book all over the walls of this hotel so then he's uh, pulling down the, the wallpaper to see it that's all very dramatic and great and sort of I did enjoy that build-up um but it just kind of it, it sort of stopped making as much sense I think from that point onwards mm. um another thing uh, sort of technically uh there was a few slow motion shots that were just a bit like, ah, uh, not not necessary. Like, they happened and I was like, oh, I can see what you're doing. Like, you're trying to be dramatic, but it just kind of came across as cheesy. And I just didn't think it was necessary mm. at all. There were very few instances, I think, where slow motion is acceptable. And most of the time, it's when cool guys are walking away from explosions. <laughs> and this just wasn't, this just wasn't one of those moments. So again, that, that was just something... Um, the other thing as well is, and I don't know if this was answered in the film, but maybe you can answer this for me and maybe it was just something that I missed, but when and how did the book get published? Was it his doctor who, like, found his notes and then decided to publish it? And if so, why? Like, some of that I was still a bit unclear on. Yeah, so, that, yeah, I mean, that, that's one of my notes. I had to, I had to Google that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not it's not clear enough how that is mm-hmm. how the book gets published. I think it's meant to be that the doctor 
who they find in the P.O. box place, who then slits his own throat, yeah. is uh, one of the doctors who treated him in the, um, in, in the sort of hospital. Mm-hmm. And then he is meant to become obsessed with the same thing, find the manuscript slash suicide note and publish it. I think okay. I think that's okay. what it is, but that's yeah. one of my main problems is that it's stuff like that isn't clear enough, so it loses its mm-hmm. impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, th- those those were the main things for me. What about you? What about so, you? So, so I think that that there is an idea there, mm-hmm. but it's almost it almost lacks in a bit of plot. I think there's an idea, but it's a bit messy. Basically, I think that it doesn't always make loads of sense. I don't think it's clear enough why he's obsessed. I I actually didn't think of it the way that you mentioned it before, which is he almost gets sucked into it out of feeling like a piece of himself was missing, a piece of himself is is not there, or that he's bored. Um, If it is that, I think that's quite an interesting sort of idea to explore, and I don't think it's obvious enough that it is that. Mm. Um, I think there's a little bit of elements of um, it's hard to follow. Now, a lot of this... You could explain away by saying it's supposed to capture mania. So if that's what it is, then that's fine. But for me, I thought it was a bit messy. So it's a little bit hard to to follow at times. I thought that um, there's bits where he seems to have an internal monologue as himself and an internal monologue as the character. And then as it goes on, it becomes less and less clear what is which version of himself. Whether that's because the whole thing is that it's the same guy, then that that is that's fair enough, but I just didn't, I didn't quite get that. Um, the whole idea of the number 23, I like, but it's a lot of babbled garbage. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of finding 23 and nothing. The The whole color thing, it doesn't make sense. It's almost like they over egg the pudding a little bit with the number 23. So they start, the opening titles, I think are really interesting when they start finding things and listing statistics about the number 23. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. as it goes on, it becomes more and more. And it's not even that it's far-fetched. It's that they just bombard you with statistics. And you just, mm-hmm. I find it, I found it like it ground me down a little bit. And I spent more time going, wait, what? And then I'd miss a bit <laughs> of the film. So I think, that, but, and again, whether that's supposed to capture his obsession, fair enough, but I didn't get that. I just felt like it was the script just throwing ideas at you. Um, so if Eventually, the dialogue just becomes <laughs> characters listing things that add up to 23. And it's yeah. a bit like, you know, I, I get it. I get your point. You know, I, I, I do mm-hmm. understand it. Because um, if you're going to literally, if you can plus or minus or times or divide any number that's even slightly to do with something, you will find it. Yeah. Won't you? Well, yeah. Exactly. You could, and, and, and that idea that we mentioned before, if you're looking for something, you'll always find it, is really interesting. But I think there's better ways of going about it um, because it almost paints him as if, as if he's right and everyone's wrong. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is wrong even. But, and, and, it, and it sort of is that. But if that's the case, I think, you need, I, think, I think more people around him need to be commenting on you know, showing resistance to him so that when mm-hmm. it ultimately sh- is shown that it, he is right, then it's more impactful. Um, yeah, I think there was there was elements of the script as well as the whole 23 thing that were a little bit cheesy, some of the dialogue. I can forgive the bits of film, of the sort of noir bits for being cheesy. I think that might be the point, but there's mm-hmm. other bits that there are... Um, that are a little bit cheesy for me. I felt like you could... I felt like you could see the twist coming. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as it started, I was just like, well, it's, you know, it's him, isn't it? Um, and then at the end, 
this is a little bit of sort of a massive exposition dump about about who he is. And then even though there's all this exposition, I think it still left me feeling a little bit cold because like you said, I didn't get, well, who published the book then? How did he find the book? Who published it? Has someone got it in for him? Is it a massive um, coincidence? As it happens, it is sort of a bit of both, but it's mainly that his wife just finds the book and it is a huge coincidence. So I think I found myself asking a little bit of sort of what's the point? Mm-hmm. But not. It was entertaining in parts, and uh, I, 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 you know, I'll absolutely accept that. I just think that it's almost a bit of wasted potential. And it's funny because we said that about we said that about just my look, and I don't, mm-hmm. and I don't think many people will, <laughs> will compare just my look and the number twenty three. Um, also, this is what we're. It's what we're for. about. Also, <laughs> I have to say, top secrets. Are you taking the piss? Oh, it's, you know, that's for the that's for the teenagers. Oh, in the it audience, is, right? and do you know what? And I, do you know what? I remember this coming out and being at school, and loads of people really liking it who were around my yeah. age. So maybe that's the audience. And I there's nothing so, wrong I with think. that. It's a bit like no. it's a bit like we said about the butterfly effect. It's full of angst and it's full of mm-hmm. conspiracy and it's full of you know. The world's not what you think it is, you know, that sort of thing. And and, and maybe there's something, maybe there's a connection there that, that, that people of that age latch onto. There must be, right? There must be. Yeah, I think so. And I think it does, that's kind of, it fills that gap, doesn't it? Like when you are a teenager and you think you're getting a bit fed up of, you know, Disney and the kind of childish films and you are looking for something a bit different, but you don't want anything too complex. And this just kind of worked. And mm. it just, for me, it did give me a lot of the same vibes as The Butterfly Effect. I know they're not, you know, they're not necessarily comparable films, but they've got that sort of thriller element to them, that sort of not everything is as it seems sort of thing. Um, and they both just kind of gave me the same feels. But no, I completely understand kind of a lot of what you're saying. Like you say, when you are dealing with films that are so heavily to do with the human mind, mania, obsession, and mental illness to a degree, it's, it becomes tricky to kind of tell what's real, what's not, and then what's intentional and what's not. It's like, are they being vague on purpose? Is mm. this because this is what the main character's feeling and they want you to feel that as well? They want you to feel like you don't really know what's going on and that's an intentional style choice. Or have they just forgot to fill in the blanks? And that's and that's it. And I think, and I think if you really like the film, you probably forgive it that and take it for what, what we've just said then. Or if you don't, it's the sort of film that it's its own worst enemy because you can't help but find flaws with it because of the very idea of and of the plot. It's there, you know. It's like it's like anything with time travel almost. It's like it's it, you can either execute it and it's brilliant, or you don't, and it's just full of holes. So, uh, but there were stuff to like in there, and I did think it was entertaining, and I quite like the ending as well because I think that they. Um, they trick you a little bit with the ending because they sort of make it look like they're going to let some guy just rot in prison for something he didn't do and then and then mm. they don't. So I, I did like that and, and I didn't completely hate it. I just thought I was a bit disappointed that it, it could have done more. There you go, guys. He didn't completely hate it. <laughs> that's, that's good enough for me. I can go away happy. So we'll move on to my favourite bit of the of the podcast. Can't where wait, we talk can't about, wait for this bit. <laughs> where we talk about the critical reception of the film. So, uh, first of all, Josh, give me give me a ballpark figure. What are you thinking? I would like to know what you would give it, but also then really what you think it got. If you're thinking kind of like out of 10 IMDb wise, out of 100 okay. tomatoes wise. What would I give it? What would you What would give I give it? it? Probably... Josh Howell. Probably... 
maybe like a three or a four out of ten. Oh, let's. Okay. I'll be generous and say, and I'll say, let's say, let's say three and a half. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're laughing already. Um, Go on. How then. do I think it did mm-hmm. with the critics? No, well, probably not no. well. But I almost think it's one of those ones that's not for the critics. And I think that it probably did pretty well with the audience. So I think it probably balances out like quite middle of the road, maybe maybe slightly more generous Mm -hmm. than that. Um, Mm -hmm. So go on. Okay. So at the time of recording on IMDb, it got 6.4. That's all right. Yeah. Now, on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gave it 56%. And then the critics gave it, and this is the reason I picked this film, 8%. Wow. 8% so, the critics so, gave it on Rotten Tomatoes. So 0.8 out of 10. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. They said it was clumsy. They said it was unengaging. They said it was mostly confusing. One said, one said that Jim Carrey was miscast. Do, um, do any of them say, like, it's not? It's not the butterfly effect. It's not, it's not the butterfly effect. It's not Ace Ventura, yeah. is it? Ooh, no, it's not. It's not the cable guy. It's not the, pol- it's um, not the Polar Express, is it? No, it's not. Someone, <laughs> someone described it as utter trash. Um, That's harsh. It's just, there's a lot of, it's, you know what? There's a lot of really mean things that people mm. have said about that. And I knew, I could, once I thought, you know, oh, maybe, maybe I'll do number 23. Mm. And then it's like, well, let's have a look. Let's see if it actually is underrated. I had a pretty strong feeling that it would be. And when I see that 8%, I was like, I've absolutely got to talk about this. It's not 8% bad. And I'm not having that. Uh, even you, even you with your 3.5 were miles more generous. Yeah. And, and, and than, I, than and, 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 and let, uh, you know, I have to say 8% is, is, is harsh. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, you know, eight. I mean, that's such a. That must be the biggest gulf between audience and critics we've had. What's that like? At least minimum of like say, minimum yeah. of like fifty percent difference or something like that. Something like that. So that's yep. that's yep. you know huge. that's a huge difference. So I mean, for me, I don't I don't mind I don't mind putting my cards on the table. I I I think critically that that, that probably is underrated. I didn't particularly <laughs> love the film. I think I thought there was stuff in there. There was some entertaining bits, but that's that's way too harsh for me. Yeah, and it's definitely too harsh for me, and I think it ignores all the good stuff there is about it. And I really liked what you said earlier about it being a grim fairy tale. Yeah, it is. And some of it does look like that, and I I hadn't really thought of it in that way. But obviously the lead character is called Fingerling, which is a very kind of fairy tale, you know, name and Mm. stuff. So, yeah, for me, definitely underrated. I agree. So there we go. Uh, the number twenty-three sliding on into the underrated, uh, underrated vault. Mm-hmm. I'm quite surprised, mm-hmm. actually. Well, it, I, th- I think because the critic score was so low, eight percent, eight percent. You couldn't have gone. Do you know what I mean? Is that yeah. the worst critic score we've ever had? Is that lower than Speed? Nah, I think no. Nah, Speed two was six. Oh, was it? <laughs> I think. Well, no, you know, I get conf- I get confused. I forget whether Speed 2 was 6 or 16. Well, 16. number 23, y'all can get cosy up in there with num- with Speed 2. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a, what's yeah. a double bill? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, next week, neither of us are picking the film because we're going to be joined by a very special guest for Halloween. But you're going to have Ooh. to wait and see who it is. Oh, mysterious and spooky. And I love it. I know what they've picked. And let me say, okay. I'm very excited. Okay. Oh, so we don't get to find out till next week, eh? I think we should keep it as a 
uh, let's hold it back. Oh, it's yeah, Halloween, well. so, mm-hmm. you know, think of all manner of Halloween films we could be talking about, and it's one of them, but it might not be the Halloween sort of type film that you're thinking of. Mm, interesting. interesting. Very intriguing. Interesting indeed. So, <laughs> if you'd like to get in touch with us in the meantime, the email address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. It's just films and that or just films and that pod. Just search for us, search for us and you will find us. And the website is justfilmsandthatpod.com. Alice Oliver, I'll see you next week for a Halloween spooky special. Oh, can't wait, Josh. It's been a pleasure as always. And it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.